Welcome back to a brand new episode of Two Please. I am your host Abin, and I am your co-host Rohit. And this is it. This is finally the last episode of the year. And what a strange, strange year it's been. Yeah, uh, I know. I think we watched some mostly good stuff. We've tried our hand at uh, some stuff which didn't play out as well, uh, and some outright bad stuff. I think some of it we got into knowingly. <laughs> So yeah, some of it was just like, yeah, it was an experience. I'd say um, that you you willingly subjected your yourself to. Yeah, I I mean that holds true for me as well. So with that, I mean, uh, so the idea initially was that Abhin and I would each list down five movies slash TV shows that really blew our mind this year, and mm-hmm. obviously, given that our tastes are similar, there were some overlaps there. Yeah. So we sort of we sort of have a consolidated list. I yeah, see a list of eight, eight of which seven are movies and there's a show. Yeah, yeah, seven movies seven. and a show. <laughs> yeah, the new yeah. the new Richard Curtis film coming twenty twenty four. But yeah, so this is our breakdown of some of our favorite films and TV properties of the year, like Rohit said. Yeah. We have a couple of honorable mentions, but uh, before we get into those, let's start the show. Mm-hmm. I am big. It's the picture that got small. Right. Now, uh, the year has finally come to an end and it's been an eventful year for the both of us, both personally and professionally. Um, It is a year I am very grateful to see the back of because it has been a very irritating year. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. uh, to see that it's coming to an end. But through the course of the year, I've sat through some very interesting films and television shows that have particularly caught my fancy. Some of them that we'll be uh, listing here today. Now, I uh, kind of want to put a bit of a, um, a disclaimer before we begin. I have yet to see a lot of the films that were released this year. Uh, exactly. I just yeah. haven't had I was the just time to say it. the same thing. Yeah. I think I've just been, so, I, I wouldn't say I've been lazy. I think I've just been busy. I think exactly. it's the same There's, with you. Yeah, something or the other movies. Yeah, and there are a lot of movies which I know for a fact. Like, you know, we used to, I remember back in college, we used to do the Oscars roundup and we'd try and yeah. catch the movie so that we could, whatever, you know, sound posh. But, uh, uh, like, I haven't watched The Fablemans this year. Coming closer to home, I haven't watched Kantara yet. Like, I know these are movies mm. which are great. I have, I'm yet to watch, uh, again, this is one of my, on, not honorable mentions, but I'm yet to watch Severance, the, the Apple mm-hmm. TV show. I know I've heard, I mean, I've heard great things. It's just haven't made, haven't gotten around to getting the time for it. So that's a disc. I, I completely agree with your disclaimer. Uh, you might uh, listen to us and be like, "Hey, but you guys haven't mentioned X, Y, Z." It's just because, yeah, because we just haven't got it. So exactly, yeah, like it's a very subjective a, list. There's a Kate Blanchett movie called Tar, which I'm yet to see. Uh, there's Babylon, which hasn't released here, and I don't know when it will release here. Uh, its box office numbers are in the most promising. 
Uh, I am currently mm. watching two films, <laughs> and I mean not simultaneously, but uh, one film I had to stop watching because the subtitles uh, are currently available are so terrible. I think it's streaming only on Mubi at the moment, which is a decision to leave, directed by Park Chan Wook. It's a Korean film about a detective who is solving the case of this this dude who falls off a mountain and gets enamored with his slightly mysterious wife. So there's that, which is a lot of fun. And then there's The Fablemans, which Rohit mentioned, which I was just watching earlier today, but I haven't completed. But but it's such a like wonderful, warm blanket of a film. And especially for those with any sort of film aspirations, like the two of us, it's uh, it's like right up our alley. The opening five mm-hmm. minutes is, you just sit yourself down and you're just like, okay, I'm ready to get into this. But those are the two films that I'm watching. And so I didn't want to put them on the list because I haven't completed them. And yeah, I think that's as good of a segue as we could possibly get into starting the episode with our honorable mentions. Now, do you have any honorable mentions for the uh, episode? I have a couple. In fact, I had one, but uh, your your piece on the Fablemans reminded me. The other f- movie about movies that I want to get around to watching is India's entry to the Oscars cello show uh, mm. or last time show. So uh, mm. again, seems like a... Very interesting concept, something that you and I would resonate with. I'll, I'm going to get around to probably watching that. And obviously, I've, I've heard great things about it, which is why even though I've not watched it, I would I would put it in our honorable mentions list like I did for Severance. The other mm-hmm. one being House of the Dragon. Uh, the reason I'm not getting into it is because there was an entire episode that we'd more or less dedicated to it where we've gotten into a fair bit of detail in case you guys want to check that out please go and check out the House of the Dragon episode. But Mm -hmm. uh, for those reasons, again, I'm just mentioning it. I'm going to move past it. I don't want to spend any more time on it than we already have. Cool. I have a few honorable mentions, like a small list, which I'll run through. Uh, The first on the list is is Ninja Thaibug's Pleasure. Uh, It came out in 2021, but I think it got its wide release in 2022. Uh, it's starring Sofia Capel and tells the story of this girl trying to break into the porn industry. And it's, it's a very indie film and it's shot with actual actors from the industry. And Sofia Capel is a fairly new actress herself. And it kind of really juxtaposes the the glamorous and the really shady side of the industry and just how demeaning it can be to people at times. A really interesting uh, watch that, I, that particularly stayed with me. The uh, second is Bodies, 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 which is basically a whodunit masquerading mm-hmm. as a slasher film. Now, this movie, I really liked when it when it started and then kind of felt like it was losing me halfway through. But the ending, the climax, or rather the, the, the final twist is something I'm a big fan of. And I guess a lot of people aren't, if you know what I'm talking about. But I found that to be particularly hilarious and a great social commentary on the generation today. Uh, the third is is Glass Onion, um, a Knives Out mystery, which I just watched last night. Actually, and, yeah, uh, same. I would also yeah. add that in my honorable mentions. Yeah, and uh, which is a lot of fun. It's a movie that absolutely ticks along. But yeah. why I adore it so much, and apart the who done it and the the mystery aspect of it is what it is. It's <laughs> it, it what one of its greatest strengths is pure coincidence because it ultimately builds this portrayal of a character uh, a particular ceo is very <laughs> prominently I would represented say over the last couple of months or so three months or yeah. so especially 
definitely i i just kept laughing uh, watching the, the coincidental well. timeliness of of the character like i guess it's the stand out quality and i agree mm-hmm. with you that film ticks along nicely it's got it's probably got more comedic moments than the first movie although i feel the lesser moments that the first movie had hit harder and yeah. uh, it's a good movie i just felt the first movie was better and I like, I still yeah, prefer the, the, nice. the first one. This is this is more grander. And, yeah. Uh, I I don't think he tries to spin a narrative, you know, that's too convoluted. But you've seen it, seen it done before, at least to a certain degree. True, and that, I mean that is the policy of who done it sort of mystery movies, right? Every angle, yeah. how how do you mine an angle that hasn't been done before? Exactly. You are just especially with me. <laughs> yeah, who done it exactly? I was I was sitting down and I was observing every little facet and uh background uh um, I, I, I mean without paintings. getting into too much detail or getting into spoilers, there's a there's a certain moment which okay. when I saw it the first time like hey that's what happened then they showed another and like oh did i misremember it maybe it happened this way and then they finally show that you know it was the way i first i'm like fuck these guys are fucking with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and, that, and then it really makes you like dumb like question yourself yeah. repeatedly and it's a very enjoyable experience i'd highly recommend you watch it is, this with a partner and another one uh, is the northman which is robert eggers the northman mm. it tells mm. the story of hamlet and it's just <laughs> oh uh, god such a it's a it's <laughs> a ride is, like, <laughs> that, that movie is a cinematic equivalent of chewing tobacco <laughs> <laughs> it is like the man like chewing tobacco while you're like drop kicking some nazis the manliest thing you can do <laughs> is that movie oh it is i really enjoyed the film but i know it's not everyone's cup of tea uh, definitely something uh, worth checking out if you're interested in old viking tales uh, the next uh, is prey which is the new predator film uh, oh, i'm i've forgotten a lot of the good stuff i've watched this year clearly yeah yeah prey is something i've i had a lot i watched again very recently had a lot of fun with um dro- essentially dropping the pre- the predator in native america and setting up this one on one clash for the for the Amazing. gods hmm. they just the, stripped down they took away all of the bullshit and they yeah came to the to the core of what predator is about and they got it bang on it's such Amazing. a fun film uh and then the last two on my list are boiling point which is boiling point is a one take like a one shot kind ah, of film yes. starring Stephen Graham and it tells mm. the story of a particular restaurant on one busy night in London uh, and it is just oh, it is such a fun intense experience if you've liked the bear i would highly recommend you check that out which is on our uh, main list we'll get to but yeah i remember yeah. we've had having this discussion i need to get around to watching boiling point and the last film on my list 21 21 release but i watched it this year and it kind of released everywhere again this year much like pleasure is the worst person in the world um i have a very fond memory of watching this movie and how i felt when i walked out of it it tells the story of a person who's just trying to figure her way out in the world and it mm-hmm. really resonated with me with the whole love and the career and the relationships that you build along the way so definitely a film 
really gravitated to, uh, especially in the early part of this year. So yeah, that's my list of honorable mentions. I know there have been quite a few. Kantara, which is a film that I have yet to get to, for reasons yes. unknown to me. Uh, and I have a vested interest in actually getting to the film, given the fact that it portrays aspects of um, uh, of a culture that is very close to me personally. Yeah, it's from our neck of the woods. Both are from South Canada, so it's from our neck of the woods. Exactly. So it's like it's, it's something we should be getting around to, but yeah. being very bad South Canada boys. All of my cousins uh, are like, have you watched? Have you watched? Like, I'm like, no, they're like, bro, it's like are the same. Like, I, I know, man. I get it. I get where this <laughs> pride, this Tuluwa pride is coming from. But calm down. <laughs> I'm busy. I will watch. Yeah, Yeah, in due course. Yes. All right. Uh, Then let's begin with our favorite things to have watched this year. All right. So I guess let's really get into our combined list of the things we enjoyed the most this year. Uh, Where do we begin? What do do you want to start with? Uh, Let's go with recently. I mean, recency first. I, I okay. guess I'm one of my entries is is a little colored by recency bias, but also because I felt it was a great cinematic experience, which is what you go to the theater for. I am uh-huh. talking about the recently released Avatar The Way of Water, which in fact, Abhin and I watched together in theaters mm. last Saturday, last to last, yeah. last to last, and like mm. 10 days ago. So mm. we... Uh, we took measures to ensure our, our viewing experience was heightened <laughs> over and above just the theater experience. That, uh, let me let me just put it that way. And uh, and then we we got in, we sat. Again, yeah. as expected with, I would say, James Cameron movies generally, but especially Avatar, the script is not rocket science. I mean, this mm, is a, an observation or realization I had about James Cameron post the movie is that Think of all his other movies. It's not like his script is very deep. He's good mm-hmm. at spectacle, but what he has over a Michael Bay or a or a Zack Snyder is that he makes you care about his characters, which yeah. is there, which comes into play even with Avatar. The script is paper thin. Hmm. The characters aren't super deep either. Like especially that Jake Salito is is he would he would lose in Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. So <laughs> <laughs> so this his characters aren't very three-dimensional either but for some reason he is able to make you care about them so which that's, is why you, you yeah that you buy into the story that's a big cameron trick and i'm glad you brought up avatar because i've been trying to find a way to talk about this movie <laughs> since we watched it uh the movie currently as of as of now we're recording it is on its way to to surpass the 800 million mark and i think over mm. the weekend it cracks a billion dollars Two weeks, yeah. <laughs> uh, in just under two weeks, and has surpassed pretty much every tentpole film to have come out um, this summer or like through the year. Except for one. Except for one, yeah, except for one, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, about the movie, I think visual, I mean, story, characters, all of that apart, you go to watch Avatar for one reason and one reason only. And on that one reason, this movie fucking deliver <laughs> oh goodness i mean uh, i remember i turned to rohit after the film and i said oh my god that was something and because we went on this journey uh and i feel even if we hadn't like prepared ourselves for it the way we had 
I still feel like that journey would have probably not been to the heightened state that we were in, but it would it was something that we would have gone along with and still have uh, have spoken about um, glowingly having come out of the theater. Absolutely. I mean, visually, there were parts where. Uh, okay, there's a sequence uh, with a certain animal. I don't want to divulge details. Uh-huh. That sequence takes place in the water, and there are points. Firstly, where you're like, "Is that water CGI for real?" Like, <laughs> oh <yeah>. my god! <laughs> and then there's this the the animal that interacts with uh, one of the characters, and then there are these night sequences that are underwater bioluminescent creatures. I'm like. at this point my vis- like my senses are just in overload and i'm like i'm being pampered right like <laughs> i we don't deserve to watch something this beautiful on screen i i was just feeling yeah. that at points in the movie it's just mind blowingly beautiful yeah it is a visual treat for the senses and i don't think you could i don't think this movie works as well on television or on your phone or on streaming absolutely this, and i'm going to say this find the biggest screen you could possibly find wherever you are and go watch this movie because that's the way you should be consuming it is meant for the biggest widest loudest screen possible and it delivers on every front now this is i turned to rohit and about the story and story i'm not again the biggest fan i think 35 minutes into the film you understand exactly where things are going to go yeah i mean you can write the rest of it <laughs> exactly and then the last 45 minutes the, the last act is a lot of fun i didn't expect it to be yeah. that good and it plays off like the greatest hits of james cameron's films which is again yes, uh, yes. discussed while in, in the movie theater so there's definitely a lot of fun to be had with avatar really i'm sure if you his teeth <laughs> Yeah, he really he tries not to alienate his audience. Okay. So, <laughs> these are jokes. Only I think like a few select few will get, but okay, it is what yeah. it is. So uh, it's time to terminate it. Yes, let's terminate the discarded <laughs> uh, uh, joke thing that we're on. But yeah. definitely um, one of my more memorable cinematic viewings in yeah. recent memory. for um, that reason i put, i I'm, i i put, i put it in the list cuz it's yeah. a great viewing experience if yeah. nothing else definitely so that is one our first entry onto this list what do we have at number 2 you tell me go from go for one of yours okay uh another great cinematic viewing experience i had was a film i saw i'd like to say around june this year which is the elvis biopic starring austin butler tom hanks uh and directed by by Baz Luhrmann now there is only one way that you could ever do an elvis biopic and that is an elvis biopic directed by Baz Luhrmann yeah because oh dude this is a 3 hour film it feels like an hour and a half it, match made in heaven elvis and yeah, it, it is such a fun intense experience it has been i say this and i don't say this lightly it has been unlike any other film i've seen uh this year and it is an overload of all the things see baslerman isn't exactly everyone's cup of tea as his filmography mm. dictates he's very much the slb of the west like yeah, big nice opulent yes yeah like a big opulent set piece beautiful glamorous costumes a camera that just doesn't stay still i remember like noticing this within the first 10 minutes of the film that he never lingers on a shot for too long 
camera is mm-hmm. always moving and it's like he's dragging you by the hand and taking you down this corridor where the film is playing on all sides and you're just like wow okay this is everything's happening but it never feels like it's too much it's just the right mm-hmm. amount and this film is is just that it's like it's just the right amount of everything uh that's going for it austin butler has elvis is amazing i think he's still in character he spent 3 years trying to get into that character mm-hmm. and now he's just adopted the voice he sounds like elvis in real life as well tom hanks as uh, colonel tom parker is exceptional as well the, the the chemistry the two have and how they play off each other plays a huge part in the film if there is a biopic that you should be watching it's this because i am so sick of how one note most biopics have become and mm. the way this film was treated is definitely like a good uh, reference point for future biopics to come because this is a great ride and in the end it has that emotional whack because it incorporates a bit of elvis's actual footage into the mm. uh, into the film as well so very well done fully recommend on my part go check it out it's streaming not- i think Oh is it I haven't that's what I was yeah. that's my excuse that I was waiting for it to start streaming but honestly I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet I love the Doja Cat song from the soundtrack though I mean yeah the, I, I, I found it very bizarre <laughs> I found it very bizarre that Doja Cat was on the yeah uh, was fair, unexpected it, but, yeah. but uh, a great song I mean that's my only exposure to it so far but I'm definitely going to get around to watching the movie but okay. uh, using one of your points as a segue to the next film which is where you said mm. there's uh, a lot happening uh, uh-huh. but it's just about enough uh, the other movie which has a lot happening at ev- every any and every given point of the movie but somehow manages to balance it all uh, we want to talk about a movie that i know both abhin and i love a lot from this year which is uh, everything everywhere all at once by oh. the by the by the daniels yeah daniels yeah um What is this movie about, Abhin? <laughs> uh, where does one even begin? So, <laughs> yeah. This movie, if you really boil it down, this movie is about family. But the story is such. There is a Chinese immigrant family where Michelle Yeoh plays the mother. Her husband is trying to divorce her. She is finding it really difficult to accept her daughter's um, sexual orientation. They're being audited by the IRS because they're behind on their taxes. and they run a little laundromat uh, as an immigrant family in, in the US and in the IRS office Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn is visited by uh, her husband from another dimension who tells her that she is the key to stopping this uh, character this evil person called Jobu who just happens to be Michelle Yeoh's daughter in another dimension who has more or less figured out how to manipulate or rather exist in all the in all the verses at the same time and she's created this black hole which is in the shape of a bagel that is more or less the going to destroy bagel. everything yeah the everything bagel and it's up to current day michelio to stop her from uh, destroying the universe what proceeds to happen is something i don't <laughs> yeah. want to get into and you know what <laughs> yeah like what if you heard i've been describe it till now you're already like okay the it started out simple now suddenly you have these multiverse things happening and you're you're probably thinking the the, the story is getting complicated we have barely even scratched the surface of what happens in the movie like barely 
it takes you a good 15 minutes to understand once when things kick in together what exactly is happening and then yeah. the film lets you breathe it doesn't like stuff you with information there yeah. there, there are moments where you are obviously like trying to figure out what is happening and then once you are fully into it it sets off on this ride which is hilarious emotional and an absolute right right up okay. to the end and actually uh, like you mentioned right there is that the script has a breather after that first act of chaos yeah because you need that as an audience to sort of you know take a seat back and reinvigorate yourself for the last half or last third of the movie but in that breather right what i the other point i remember catching on to is the realization that hey i don't need to follow the specific events of what is playing out on screen because yeah. it you're not meant to follow all of it it is meant to be too fast for you to follow what matters is the larger message that in, is being progressed in the background and in that sense you you I, i don't know how to put it like the fact that you're forced to immerse yourself or not forced you're pushed to immerse yourself mm-hmm. to watch what's happening on screen ensures that you go away with the larger message crystal that's clear exactly i think towards the when the emotional punches hit they really do hit yeah um, there is a particular sequence super invested at that point yeah there's a particular sequence that involves a pair of rocks which yeah. is the highlight oh, of this man. film and it's and you just don't expect it like and this is the thing i love about the daniels and even more so about their last film uh, swissami man mm. they are very unique with their um, with their films they are extremely compelling compelling storytellers and they just get better with um uh, with age cuz i think this is a film they wrote in the early 2010 or they wrote around 2015 2016 and they wrote it fairly enough for jackie chan and jackie chan mm. turned it down and they reworked it for michelle yo and it just like cast her career back <laughs> into the stratosphere <laughs> i can just imagine jackie chan in street what's going on what's going on <laughs> <laughs> but you know that, that is a movie I would have loved to watch regardless like if Jackie Chan was in a multiverse film because yeah and Jackie Chan has the dramatic side to him he could have pulled it off i mean all yeah. kudos to Michelle Yeoh but the mm-hmm. what if is an interesting one is a very interesting call and they were there is a multiverse said, out there <laughs> where Jackie Chan <laughs> <laughs> and oh. but yeah there's there's that aside there are also some hilarious visuals and jokes in this oh, that yeah. i just can't get over there's a raccoon that plays tribute to a very beloved pixar film i have <laughs> burst out laughing and the only thing that that marred my viewing experience i was in a movie theater where they cranked up the heat to about some 40 degrees it was like boy i was boiling in there and it was on a really cold winter day uh and that just annoyed me a little bit and it kind of dam- you know damaged the viewing experience a bit but besides that this is a film that's out streaming on on amazon Uh, go check it out guys it's such a fun watch the raccoon the kung fu, the kung fu pinky the 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 dildo fight it, the hot dog <laughs> fingers i mean just yeah, these random terms if you haven't watched the movie you're probably wondering what are these guys saying but trust me guys it all makes sense the it all rocks, comes together the, the hot dog fingers the dildo fight all <laughs> of this comes together <laughs> together 
in in you know in wonderful fashion highly even the hot dog in the hot dog sequence the last one it people with hot dog fingers move you to tears think about yeah. that and the hot dog fingers this a24 sold them sold that as merch and it sold out the quickest like it went oh, like wow. that yeah so <laughs> uh good year for a24 now yeah, yeah. moving on from everything everywhere yeah, i'm sure i think that's make, as best as yeah. we could have explained we can keep talking about it but it's not going to make the it's not going to make the narrative any easier for you have to just watch it yeah it will probably make a comeback on other episodes where we discuss more like episodes based on certain themes yeah. uh but yes, yes this, we do have that one theme up our sleeve it's yeah so we'll discuss it in detail there but this is yes. just a short brief on what yep. to expect going into the movie okay next up i want to talk about the movie that i watched on netflix a month or so back this uh, uh-huh. this is our sole indian entry in the list i think yes yeah uh, this is vasan uh, bala's monica oh my darling uh-huh. uh, very briefly story is about rajkumar rao's character i think his name johnny uh, he's this rockstar engineer tech dude tech bro uh who in a in a robotics company rises through the ranks uh he is engaged yeah he's engaged to the daughter of the owner of the company so you know like guy position to take over types heir apparent types he on the side is, ha- is having an affair with uh, a lady in the company called monica played by huma kureshi and uh, one thing leads to another he has to end up needing to silence her and they hatch a plot mm-hmm. that's that's the setup for the movie and then things start to go awry uh, mm-hmm. the story again with monica oh my darling is i mean when you are exposed to movies like a knives out or you know when uh, you read agatha christie if that's your benchmark this is not as much <clears throat> of a great who done it it's not as much of a great murder film decent by hindi film standards but i know for a fact there have been great thrillers or who done it even in bollywood so mm-hmm. it's not a great script it's not a i mean great performances all around but the reason for me this movie really was amazing was screenplay and direction i mean mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a one to one comparison but to the way i see vasan bala is he's the tarantino of bollywood purely for the stylistic approach you know tarantino mm-hmm. has the way even his like yeah. the way he moves his camera you can tell okay he's going to there's slow mo there's flare in mm. it right okay, yeah. bala is just flare personified there are a couple of sequences uh in the movie which they're more of a i wouldn't say a montage but there's there's music in the background things are happening in slow motion outrageous things are happening on screen in slow motion and you're just laughing <laughs> and i'm laughing and i'm like how did this how did it occur to asan bala to shoot the scene in this manner and i was like like this guy to me had sort of reached into the inner recesses of my mind and when i saw that i was like if i were to make a movie this is how i'd make it and i was like mm-hmm. that's where i resonated with uh, vasan bala's direction a lot i was like wow this is how, this is the sort of stylized approach i i love to film making the other person obviously that comes to mind is shri ram raghavan uh more mm-hmm. most famously that that whole piano sequence in andadhun from andadhun yeah yeah so imagine sequences like that monica oh my darling has two three of them and i'm just like wow Oof, the okay. story is great but That's... you just love watching the movie 
Yeah, I think this is a film that I have been postponing. I don't know why. Maybe it's it's a film I'll catch up uh, on during the week. I think people have generally gravitated to it a lot. It's definitely stayed on a lot of lists for the year. And what yeah. has otherwise been a terrible year for Bollywood, if I'm being perfectly terrible. honest. Terrible. I think like one of the lowest years in recent memory. Not just in quantity in terms of like money earned, but in quality as well. I think... What I know we haven't addressed, and I we're probably one of the only few people that don't have it on our list. You have RRR, which has basically dominated best movie list yeah. for the for the year across the board, not just here in India, of course, but also in, in the US. In the US, I think it's got a wider audience than it than it did here, rather because it yeah, I mean, it's made a, a comeback. It's movie, but for some reason it resonated with people. So. The I think it res- because it brings back the eighties hero that. Hollywood has been craving for some time. Mm. It's it, back to the bromance and it's just, I saw a review that just described it as pure good fun. And that's something that the films have been lacking for some time. I but, guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, but back to the point being that it's been a, a pretty shitty year, but Monaco, my darling uh, is one of the standouts that uh, people have been discussing. And I just have been putting it to the side and I think I'll finally catch up to it this week. I'm really intrigued. You're gonna love it. I know for a fact, you're all going to love it. Yeah, and, uh, I I am always in for st- for stylistic directors and for like stylistic, stylistic choices in film, so I'm really looking forward to this. So yeah, that's Monica, my darling. It's on Netflix, guys. For those of you who haven't checked it out, very easy uh-huh. to catch. So please do if you have the time. Moving on so, to the can- next one, Nabin. I'm gonna take one of yours. <laughs> Let's do one of mine, which is a film that I'd been tracking. For some time this year, and I wanted to watch it in, in the theater, but I couldn't. So ultimately, caught it on on streaming. And the premise of it for me was very uh, was very intriguing. And that is Barbarian, directed by Zach Kreger, starring um, Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and I'm not going to mention who the third person is because I feel. If I do, it kind of ruins it for you. So I'm not going to talk about it. It kind of just ruined for me because 20th Century Fox decided to run a marketing trailer that I had no idea was this film. And then I watched the trailer for it. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is so random. And then it cuts to what the film really is. So this is the premise of Barbarian. And that's, if you haven't seen it and if, and if you're really into horror, this has been a great year for horror, guys. Yes. I highly recommend you check out some of the horror films that have come out this year. There's the one-two combo of X Did and Pearl. Did we mention X and Pearl? Yeah, sorry. We no, we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just about to, yeah. I haven't seen Pearl, but I've seen X and X I've had a lot of fun with. And I hear Pearl is even better. It is on my, uh, it's, it's sitting uh, on my computer somewhere. Exact same I, situation. I watched X, yeah. I enjoyed it. I've heard Pearl is better. I haven't gotten around to watching it. <laughs> exactly, right? So this Pearl is something I have to catch up on. But this, this is the year for extremely good horror. And I think for me personally, Barbarian was possibly the best of the bunch. The premise is very simple. A girl books an Airbnb in a neighborhood in Detroit while she's visiting. And then turns out, that it's been double booked just as when she gets there it's a dark cold rainy night and it's not the best neighborhood to be in so the guy in there played by bill skarsgård convinces her to stay the night and she agrees and that's all i'll say because 
That's think cool. about it, right? If you're watching a movie yeah. and you're you're supposed to spend a night with Bill Skarsgård, yeah, you don't exactly. know him from before. You're asking for trouble. You really are. And then the movie kicks in. Forty, the first forty minutes of this film, it's like the most uncomfortable I have been in a movie for a very long time. Exactly. Like there is. there's a there's a cut that comes i think 45 to 50 minutes into the film and you go from sheer horror to like weird laughter because it's just like you're at that heightened state and the film cuts and it opens up on a different scenario and you're just like what the hell just happened it's with flash it's and like what <laughs> and then it the the tissue is finally interconnect and it is starts to make a lot more sense there's one part of the film i don't particularly like it still kind of sticks out to me i thought i'd get over it but it's still a slightly uh irritating thing that that stays with me but as an overall viewing experience i think this is the most fun i've had with the horror film this year so it's on my list again i think uh, this continues the trend of uh i think this requires deeper investigation as to why people from a comedic background are great horror directors even zachary oh, yes. comes from uh, for those of you who may know whitest kids you know which were these group that were making comic skits back in the early 2010s or even before that i guess so mm-hmm. uh similar to a jordan peel who who found a uh, su- great success with get out i think there is there and is even nope i haven't seen nope so i feel like there's another movie i haven't seen so yes another movie that i haven't watched but i think there's there's something to be said about there is a commonality between horror and comedy at a we need to dig deep and understand why is it that people from a comic background maybe it's because timing is important in both i'm just like thinking out loud here maybe it's because you know laughing out loud is also one of the instincts we have when we are afraid there's there's yeah. some there's something that horror and comedy have in common which is why people they they have an innate knack people from a comic background have an innate knack uh to to churning out good horror and i completely mm. agree with you i thought i was the only one who felt the first 40 minutes to be honest i couldn't watch it in one sitting i thought i was getting old and i'm not able to uh maybe i'm just getting too old for horror that was my take away <laughs> from it because <laughs> uh, i used to love horror right but this first 40 yeah. minutes of this movie i was just like this is too tense man i need a break i'm i'm not as like i'm going to watch it in parts it's just too much to take on the first 40 minutes is just like uh, and then there's a there's a release like the you know pressure valve of the mm-hmm. cooker there's a release and then things come together again the last half an hour is is manic because obviously horror movies have to mm-hmm. have that manic conclusion but those first 40 minutes were too hardcore man it has one of my favorite jokes in a in a movie in recent memory like where one of the characters discovers something <laughs> and he <laughs> cuts to them on a laptop it's so real right it's so real and i just i just burst out laughing there is this film features one of um the og scream queens of the 2000s undisputed one i i definitely say like if we had a modern day scream queen Yeah. it's this person yeah definitely check out barbarian it's if you're into horror if you like good nail biting horror this yep yep the horror movie of the year right see yeah all right next up what do you have my friend 
let's quickly move into tv show territory this is one which i've been mentioned in the context of boiling point earlier in the episode this is the fx show the bear starring jeremy allen white uh, ebon moss bakrak and bunch of other people these these are the two that you probably would have seen uh, in in other shows but uh, very quickly uh, it's about a guy who finds out that his elder brother who used to own a very popular and beloved chicago restaurant has committed suicide he has died he has died yeah and now his brother has to step in and run this restaurant and it the our protagonist is a michelin star chef uh, you know comes from great pedigree and he has to now sort of figure out how to uh, get his restaurant out of or his brother's restaurant out of the mess it is in uh, it's it, it owes people i mean there uh, there are creditors uh, that the restaurant owes money to people are not coming to the place as much because the quality of food has sort of been downgraded over the years although there is some residual goodwill because like imagine if or why mm-hmm. imagine that that's the reality now vidyarthi bhavan is a known name but it serves shit dosas today but people yeah. still go to vidyarthi bhavan because they've always gone to vidyarthi bhavan so imagine yeah. the restaurant being something similar to that sorry vidyarthi mm-hmm. bhavan fans but dosas out there then the the show really focuses on the brutality and the relentlessness and the high stakes and demanding world of uh, kitchens and mm-hmm. as somebody who has i mean yeah you watched you watched probably seen gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares you watched a few seasons of master chef and you think you know what cooking is about this show is like fuck you you don't know jack shit <laughs> this this i mean respect to anyone who's in the food industry i mean how do you guys I mean we all think we have stressful jobs how do you guys sleep how do you guys what is the average lifespan of people in this industry man like 23 what yeah it's just it's, it's it is services ex- and hospitality is just yeah, is it is extremely stressful and the show does a great job of of pulling you in you're sort of not just a spectator you almost feel like you're in the kitchen and mm. each of these characters has an idiosyncrasy that uh makes you real, not relate to them that makes you root for them you know they're like mm-hmm. hey this character is weird and nicely weird in this way so i really want him to do well Some, something like that and so you know by episode 3 or 4 you are a member of that team and you want you are rooting for the restaurant you want vidyarthi bhavan to succeed and uh, <laughs> and uh, stop using dalda and uh, <laughs> what happens is uh, <laughs> what happens is uh, there are ups and downs and you're like shit you can pull through you can pull through there's something that happens in the end that you know even if the bear was a standalone one series episode or one series show that would have been a nice ending they've sort of left it at a cliffhanger i know there's this episode there's a there's a season 2 coming out i'm super mm-hmm. looking forward to it but there is i would i would make a special mention of episode 7 i think if i'm not mistaken which is a single yeah. take and it is a yeah. single take of everything that so it's one day where everything that could go wrong goes wrong in the kitchen uh-huh. and i think it's some way midway through the episode i realized why is the camera like you don't even realize it's a single take for the first time i said i was just like why is the camera moving around like this and then i had this moment of i was like oh it's a single take and i'm like how did they manage this and it's not that the story suffers on account of the single take like you get what i'm meaning mm-hmm. right they're not sacrificing yeah. storytelling for this gimmick 
and I'm, I was just like when I when that episode ended. Firstly, I think I let out my breath, which I was holding for the duration of the episode, and then I was like, "Fuck, play again, <laughs> play again." <laughs> I had to watch it again. Amazing, amazing, amazing! Like hats off. One of the best shows I've seen in years. I don't know why I should like I've downloaded it. I mean, I like tried finding it on other websites and it was running on Hulu. And uh, then I think Hotstar eventually ended up getting it. I've just not gotten into watching it because you know life happened and a bunch of things happened. And I got really yeah. invested in another show, which is The White Lotus, which is something we should mention because I've really had fun with it this year. Yes, um, probably not as good as the first season, but, but I mean we'll, yeah. we'll, we're going to do an episode on that. So yeah, soon. Yeah, so um, but. The bear, especially the first, I think I watched about three episodes, and it's intense, right? It, that's it's straight oh. up, uh, like within the first episode, it kind of sets the um, sets the bar as to what's going to happen and like what kind of show you're going to one can expect from this. I should get back to it. It was on the list. It should. It's like hovering on my television every couple of days when I turn it on, but. Um, yeah, definitely a show I really want to check out. It was funnily enough, I watched the boiling point because of the bear, but I never got around to finishing the bear. Make of that what you will. <laughs> Not because I think the bear is bad, but uh, I just I'm a weird person when it comes to my viewing habits. It's just me. No, no, I also tend to uh, sometimes watch shows and like leave it midway and never come around to it. Much like Vidyarthi Bhavan Dosas. <laughs> Come on, you okay. can do it. Stop making shit, those us. Come on, with that. <laughs> uh, I feel like, man, I did not expect when we hit record today. Did not expect uh, Vidyati Bhavan to be catching strays. <laughs> Vidyati Bhavan right now is that is the equivalent of the of that fifty cent meme where he's just like, "What do you say? Fuck me for?" <laughs> that's really what Vidyati Bhavan is going through right now. But okay. Uh, the bear let's move on from the bear and Vidyarthi Bhavan <laughs> and I think we have only two more entries on this list right yes that we need to talk about uh, okay and I'll talk about it. this is a film I watched last week uh, it's a movie I've really been looking forward to sometime uh, directed by Martin McDonough uh, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson this is the band she's ever shared and if you've yeah. seen In Bruges like even yeah. before I heard the title like I remember uh, the Reddit post had come out sometime a year ago saying Martin McDonough upcoming movie Colin Farrell Brendan Gleeson. I'm like, I don't even care what it's called. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, the band she's a Vinish Sharon, also starring Barry Keegan, who uh, I'll get to as soon as we talk yes. about this. Now, In Bruges is is like a, a, is a favorite of mine. <laughs> it's such a hilariously dark film. Uh and even his both the Don, McDonough brothers, because there's this, and then there's John uh, Martin McDonough and his brother John Michael McDonough, who yeah. directed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is The Guard. Again, starring Brendan Gleeson and uh, oh, he and directed what, The Guard, yeah, 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 oh, yeah John McDonough. So <laughs> uh, The Guard is just like I do, like you can hear Rohit just cackling because. That's what the film does. You that's why the guard. A lot of common. The... the guy who plays Padder in this is the inspector from the guard. Correct. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. where I've seen him. Mm. Yeah. So, Banshee's of Vinisharan tells the story of two friends who live on the small island of Vinisharan in the early 
1920s or around mid, mid to like late 1920s mm-hmm. uh and one day one of them decides to stop being friends with the other person because they just don't want to do it anymore and this sets i mean colin farrell off on a spiral because he is struggling to come to the terms with the fact as to why it happened and then brandon gleason who plays the other friend tells him that you need to step away and if you don't i'll start like hurting myself and then the film just escalates from that point onwards now i watched this film and when i first started obviously like there are a fair few laughs in there which are absolute perfection in terms of jokes but this film also made me very sad on several occasions it one this is the story of like a friendship breaking mm. um it is also a tale of depression it is also a tale of insecurity it is a tale of somebody coming to terms with the fact that they probably will never amount to anything in life and then there's mm. a whole other allegory for the irish civil war that was going on at the same time which i didn't much care for but I, we didn't need that context to buy into the movie it's a nice added mm. layer maybe people who are familiar yeah. with the events probably appreciated that aspect but i thought mm. i don't think we we wanted to spend as much time on that allegory fair i get yeah. somebody yeah. turning on their friend is a good allegory for the civil war noted mm. let's go on yeah but it's the it's the dynamic between the two that really sells this film yeah and mm. they are and as good as Brendan Gleeson is in this film uh, Colin Farrell is above and beyond the best part of this film mm-hmm. uh, actually no it's not the best part i think he's probably the better of the two characters yeah, yeah i, I would say Barry back. Keegan for me stole the there is a scene with Barry Keegan and Kenny Condon by yes. i think the, the river by the lake the lake oh man that is the Barry saddest Keegan. scene in the film Yeah. I first saw Barry Keegan in Chernobyl where I think he's one of the soldiers in yes, the yes. episode where they the, go clean up the bodies the, in the town. And and they start killing dogs. Yes, yes. Yeah, and Barry Keegan like you can see his soul get destroyed bit by bit uh, as as the episode progresses. And he It's was also Johnny Farm here. yeah and it's he he plays the comedic relief he really is the comedic relief in the film like that straight up village bumpkin character yeah, i was just thinking in a way he sort of encapsulates the mood of the movie it's a tragic comedy and it's a comedic yeah. relief but oh man i just i don't want to spoil yeah. the movie but yeah it's just <sighs> uh, there are certain aspects of it and you just it really put up puts a lot of questions in your head about what's the point of this really like just generally and you know everyone there's like everyone has hopes dreams and like aspirations right you want to be something and then it's just on the grand scale of things what really matters and then as the movie ends and it ends on this very poignant note um and you're just like ah oh, i need a walk i took a walk after this film there are some wonderful animal characters in it like there are animals mm. throughout this film I think the star of the show barring Barry Keegan is Jenny the miniature donkey. Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so like everyone needs a miniature donkey like Jenny. Absolute wonderful little thing just jiggling around everywhere. 
this this is a film that has stayed with me i still like i know we are recording this episode but over the last week every day at some point of the, during the day i've i've thought about this film mm. yeah it has a lot of emotional weight i i i mean not to take away from the fact that it is beautifully shot it's on an iron yeah. uh, irish island a uh, lot of windswept farmland lot of broad shots of cliffs oceans and it's a very gray and green landscape but in in between you have uh, kerry conlon having a, a blue sweater or you have you have a pop of color suddenly so yeah even cinematically or cinematographically the movie is very well laid out so nothing to take away from that but for me the emotional heft especially the way i saw it it, it was at it at its heart it was about two things one it was about male loneliness and how uh-huh. how male friendships and their breakdown are very different from female friendships uh from what little i i can understand or gather and it's about depression uh again without going into too much too many spoilers uh depression is a very subjective the course of depression is very subjective people react to it or act out on it Uh, or act on it in very different ways uh sometimes hurting themselves but sometimes hurting others in the process and yeah. uh, and even when i mean fortunately it hasn't happened to me but i know this has happened to someone close to me which is where one of their friends abruptly ended a friendship with this with this person for no reason or at least no obvious reason and mm. i have seen that self doubt and that guilt but guilt where you don't know whether that guilt is justified or what is the source of that guilt you feel like yeah. you've done something wrong but you don't know what you've done wrong so all mm. the doubt and guilt it's a very that emotion way i've seen that emotion way people down heavy so yeah it's very it, lay, it lies very heavy so when i saw that play out on screen i could relate to it uh, a little more than i was comfortable with and therefore i was like wow this movie is is very heavy i remember after i watched the movie i messaged up and saying the movie was beautiful but it was something cuz i didn't know whether i liked it or whether i disliked it because it was too real you get what yeah. i mean not that i disliked no, I it exactly. objectively i subjectively maybe disliked it because it hit a, a little too close to home and uh, and even Barry Keegan's character again not getting into too many details but you sometimes don't realize that people who are whom you might see as comedic relief might be hiding pain yeah. and they're coping with it in their own way and you pass judgments based on what you see that there's a lot there's a lot happening in this movie that is this, below the surface there's a lot of undercurrents yeah, it's, it's like it's a film I'll watch now and I'll probably watch again at some point in the future but I can't watch uh repeatedly like in yeah like rather successively because it like you said it really weighs heavy and that's possibly the most beautiful thing about the film and now three billboards outside ebbing missouri is also another very heavy film that I enjoyed when I watched um but I didn't it didn't stay with me the way this did like this is just it's it's really gotten under my skin in a way i never anticipated it to i honestly thought this was going to be another black comedy in the vein of in bruges but it turned out to be so much more sad like mm. so much more sad 
true. It really does weigh you down. Just like a Vidyarthi yes. Bhavan Dosa. <laughs> oh God, okay, fine. <laughs> good, good. Uh, <laughs> Vidyarthi Bhavan is helping puncture this, <laughs> this moment of sadness. Uh, but I think that's as good a point as any to, to move on from this. We'll obviously come back to Banshee's in a later episode i'm sure there'll be an episode where we talk about it in detail yeah. and with like spoilers because i have a lot of thoughts that i also feel like we can engage in yeah um, i can feel myself holding back there because i don't want to spoil the yeah, movie because yeah. it's still recent we'll come back to it yeah. after some time where we can discuss it uh, more openly it's really yeah definitely so banshee's of initiation is streaming on on hbo on disney and on hotstar wherever you are go check it out uh all right this finally brings us to the end we have one final film before we wrap up uh this is a movie some context this is a movie i've seen thrice in a th- in a movie theater uh i enjoyed it so much that i went back each time and each time i went back the theater was packed and it was like yeah it was i have seen grown men reduced to tears and i think that's the best compliment i can give this film like grown men fathers kid people who are kids in the 80s being reduced to tears i am of course talking about the most successful film of the year tom cruise's top gun maverick and it's kind of weird that we refer to it as tom cruise's top gun maverick and not joseph kisinski's top gun maverick uh but i think we all know who edited and basically shot this film yeah and think From, of the last yeah. few movies in fact top cruise movies you don't really think about the director tom cruise i mean you think of chris mcquarry cuz cuz chris mcquarry is yeah he's the only less, exception i'd say but like yeah. edge of tomorrow yeah it's doug liman but does it matter it's tom cruise more so in this uh, case i guess because he was involved in the original top gun obviously and he was a driving force behind this movie being put to flows being you know seeing the light of day not being released on uh, ott which i respect him for withholding off of and uh, having conviction in the fact that this is a movie that needs a theater and as much as you said for avatar i think this is a movie that absolutely needed to be watched on the biggest screen possible no i think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch this film on a big screen yeah because this film achieves what the first movie did well but surpasses it by a country mile because the tech has allowed her yeah. time to catch up right so the story again is nothing mind boggling it's a guy is entrusted with training a set of officers to take on a dangerous mission that's really it that's the one line explanation yeah but the execution of it is really where this film absolutely swings for the fences it doesn't need to be very complicated it's a very mm-hmm. simple, it's a mission that's it there's a mission guys have to yeah. execute a mission in fact i would say uh what this movie does is it took the best parts of the original top gun which had a bit of a i would say the story weighed down what the movie could have been all about they just took hey mm-hmm. like fighter jets give them something specific to do and let's just focus on that 
and obviously you can like you said tech has caught up you can see how it plays out right in the original top gun which i recently rewatched after having watched this movie the cockpit scenes there's a lot of mm. quick jumps in and out of cockpit yeah. scenes because you can't mm. linger there too long cuz then it becomes obvious it's a stage it's a sound stage yeah so mm. it cuts very quickly from hey fighter jets to cockpit then quickly jump back to fighter jets here you don't need to do that because they were actually able to uh showcase it much better and they could actually put it in the cockpit and stay with it and which when you see their faces for extended periods of time you see the g force mm. take effect and you know all of that it's a mm-hmm. lot more immersive it's a lot more realistic you feel a lot more there than than in the original i mean i don't blame the original it did the best for its time yeah but, but i think really up, uh, enables it to take it to the next level i think uh, kazinski's ability to marry practical and digital effects together really comes into play here because Absolutely. at times you're questioning what's real and what's cg yes there are entire sequences that take place in the air and yes they did end up taking the, the pilots or like the actors up uh and shooting a few scenes here and there but uh, obviously like there's been some digital work done tom cruise is a big ambassador for for practical effects like if you've been following the the pr work he's been doing for mission impossible it's a fair understanding Oh, I mean oh, I I is... actually wanted to talk about that what he's done for Mission Impossible this whole parachute jumping is 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 a continuation in fact of what he started with for Top Gun where he was on the mm. plane and he said uh, we are releasing Top Gun in theaters and uh, see you at the movies and then the plane just yeah. flies away I'm like is this guy insane like he who is insuring him like what you I think the the thing you're talking about right so like he you expect him to like cut or the, the plane to like fly yeah. off into the distance but the fact the plane turns 180 degrees and drops is where you're just like what the hell <laughs> i can't like somebody parents, at like axa life or some who was insuring is shitting bricks like what the fuck have we done this guy is legitimately <laughs> mad <laughs> oh yeah like his lawyers must be I I am glad at this point was they just they'll be watching the bear and they'll be watching the bear and like resonating yeah we have equal amounts of strength sorry <laughs> <laughs> tom cruise oh my god oh, there's not a lot i'd like to say about this film actually there's a lot i'd like to say but I, i'll try and for the interest of time keep it short the first 20 minutes the the halo uh, not the halo jump what am i saying the uh, the mark the mark 10 sequence yeah is beautiful is is beautiful especially the the wide shots of it and then of course uh, the film meanders into um you know setting up its characters across the board but there is one like training sequence that tom cruise attempts to make a point I that, remember that is the Maverick sequence that's like essence of Maverick is that sequence that and the first obviously the first 20 minutes is essence of yeah. Maverick for me I remember sitting in the movie and I was thinking to myself hey you know what I don't like this movie is okay it's not bad yeah. uh, it's and then that happens yeah it and just that that scene changes your mood about the movie and there were people like next to us crying the old dudes like they were just like <laughs> they like the eyes were falling off their face and when the scene ended i just sat up in my seat and went like, yeah. i felt like i'd been on been on this ride and i was like what just happened I, like it 
like I know what I'm watching obviously is is smoke and mirrors but to be able to transmit that that energy to you in a movie theater like this is the only place in the world that can happen and See, that is yeah, true think about it right like all all of what we've seen growing up as a kid forget the top gun movie like it released before we were born yeah. but stuff like swat cats and i mean every kid every boy has loved fighter jets right there's just something about yeah. it that that calls to you and we played with it all of that to me when i, I remember watching that scene all of that sort of came back like you imagine these impossible maneuvers doing crazy things going super fast doing some insane shit all of what you envision in your childhood for me that one scene he does all of it i'm just like i remember at the end of the scene i was like oh this movie is insane <laughs> and then uh, there's there's a there's a mix sequence there's so much in this film especially yeah. towards the second half the third act is just pure perfection it got me into the movie theater three times i don't think i've gone to watch a movie three times ever in my life twice is is the max i think second time or maybe like harry potter back in the day was mm. uh, something i was really into but this is a film i watched three times in imax because of the ability to watch it in imax for free uh, <laughs> and imax really works for this or even dolby for that matter because fighter jets are loud and you oh, yeah. need you... to feel effect in your bones when a plane flies over it like in real life when you you need to feel it in your bones and a good sound system really delivers for this movie this film is built on sound design is built on the effects and both practical and digital and it is built on the charm of tom cruise because it's 60 years old the man continues to defy age not just the way the way he looks i'm sure that he's probably getting help from somewhere there but by the sheer things he attempts his, his titans are uh, doing really well so he doesn't look his age <laughs> we have to address the fact that he's the yeah, figure head yeah, yeah, of a very yeah. fucked up religion but all i mean what are all saying yeah <laughs> so now we have taken on vidyarthi bhavan and the church of scientology fuck yeah <laughs> so that's going to come back to bite us on the ass at some point yeah uh man but but that aside and yeah strange religious beliefs and with your bhavan aside is, what is uh, jennifer connelly eating dude like what is her diet oh god jennifer connelly in this film is is gorgeous but apparently we we missed the boat on the early jennifer connelly years where people were just crazy about her where I mean, she's in I've, a bunch of i've i've seen uh, clips but uh, i think she looks better now so no okay yeah jennifer i think yeah she's aging like uh, like a fine wine and, and they brought her back i think that she's the admiral's daughter that they refer to in the first film correct correct uh, that makes her come back and some and and i quite like the supporting cast as well miles teller when he's not being an idiot is as yeah. and also without getting into spoiler territory they don't take the obvious route of resentment for miles teller's yeah. character which i quite appreciated it, it was right there they could have done it but they didn't which is good and uh, i mean before we conclude the episode i have to shout out vakilma who's mm. on the screen for as Alrighty. little uh, as like a couple of minutes uh he vakilma is not dead fyi So Sorry. okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh yeah before 
Damn it, Rohit. <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> R.I.P. his voice. It is pretty yeah. Good. Yeah, so Vakilmer is... Uh, on is on screen for a couple of minutes and delivers quite the emotional performance this movie can be emotional at times as well like there are yeah. there are some beats that you definitely uh, gravitate to but yeah i think as for a, a good cinematic movie experience as an experience that you can only get at the film stop can maverick is up to this point my favorite film of the year and i don't think anything i watch within the next couple of days even though i'm really liking the favorites at the moment i don't think it would have like um it it would inspire it inspires a different charm in me because i'm not watching it on a big screen and also because it's it really caters to that love of cinema that i have mm-hmm. but in terms of sheer spectacle and things that could only happen on a movie screen Mm. this is it this is definitely it i would say like narratively i would say everything everywhere all at once would be my favorite film visually mm. i would say avatar would be my favorite film but this movie has both and it's like yeah this this trumps them both because it's got it it scratches both those both my itches which is yeah definitely top gun maverick i hope it wins <laughs> something it should at least technical i'm sure it will And I'm I'm sure it's yeah but yeah that's us for this year oh we haven't watched the whale i haven't seen the whale i've heard very rave reviews from friends who've watched it of of brendan fraser not so much about yeah. the script yeah brendan fraser apparently is superb in that film so that's something i'm keeping an eye out for but that being said we've come to the end of another fun filled episode and of another eventful year Uh, if you've yes. been listening to us since we began this little journey about two years ago, a year and a half ago, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. It is. It's been. It's been a journey. It's been a, an interesting journey. Sometimes a difficult one, but one that we've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, and we really look forward to more things to come within the new year. So happy new year! Happy uh, new year, everyone! Just happy new year. Stay safe. Um, have a great time. and this was everything we loved in 2022 everywhere all at once <laughs> so they opened their big mouths and now came talk talk